And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We are kicking off a new week. And it is, uh, it's cold here. <laughs> 17 degrees here in Kansas City. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Welcome, everyone. And no, that color is not prune. All right. <laughs> We are broadcasting live, but uh, some of you might be listening to this as a podcast. We're on a number of different podcast platforms, uh, but if you are with us live, you can jump in the chat. Uh, if you're not with us live, you're on Memorex. We can uh, take a comment if you want to share your thoughts. We've also got an email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Of course, all the social media and the Discord. Death Angel Shadow, putting the link in the chat over there on YouTube, so you can join us anywhere, really. Let us know your thoughts. Today, we have thoughts. We have thoughts, because um, a story that we have been covering since uh, the beginning of January has new developments, you know, breaking news. So um, I want to set this up here just a second. Back on January 1st, we published this article that basically gave an overview of the situation at Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons at that time. And uh, Correspondent K uh, gave us a pretty good summary of uh, all of the different things that were going on in terms of who's in charge now, what are the different uh, decisions that are being made, a lot of the executives coming over from from Microsoft, and say, you know, we just don't think that D&D is, is monetized enough. And, and since then, uh, it has become kind of, a, kind of a hot potato. Here on January 13th, the D&D Beyond staff talked about the new open game license, uh, OGL 1.1 at the time, and caused all sorts of consternation and gnashing of teeth. And then they said, you know, uh, oops, our bad. And then they had a second apology that came out and said, no, really, we, we kind of messed up. And they put out a survey about stuff, and they've surrendered, essentially, is where we're at right now. Um, they posted this on, I believe, Friday uh, they said, over the past few weeks, you, the community, have made your voices heard. We've listened. OGL 1.1, uh, 1.0a will remain untouched, and the entire SRD 5.1 is now available under a Creative Commons license. So, what all that gobbledygook means, we're going to dive into that uh, today. And joining me uh, in the panel discussion, author Kevin Andrew Murphy, who has written for the Pathfinder RPG... Uh, which yes. is developed by Paizo, and Paizo has their own uh, has their own uh, set of things. What they're going to be talking about? All right, so here we go. We've got uh, Judy Inglemeyer coming in. Oh wait, 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 wait! Did I do? Do you got a five one? <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a five. Okay, hold on. Let me let me do this. Um, dee 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 dee. <laughs> 
No, this one. No, that one. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. All right. Let me, uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hello, Judah. How are you, sir? Let me. He's muted. Mm. Is he muted? Are you muted? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm good. I just put my headphones on. So ah, okay. Good. All right. All right. So let me do that. Let me do that. I'm going to slide that over, put that there. And there we go. See, magic television, live TV, folks. All right, Judah Inglemeyer, also with us. He is the president of Herald Public Relations, in, or Herald PR, I guess is the official name, in New York. And uh, Kevin is uh, author. Uh, he's a contributor to George R.R. R. Martin's Wild Cards anthologies, among other things that he's done. But he's yeah. here today in his capacity as an author for the Pathfinder games. And yeah, then well, Doris... Pathfinder, I'm, not, I'm not currently writing for them. I'm currently writing for uh, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, which is Savage Worlds, and I'm doing things for the S5e uh, superhero role-playing game, writing a lot of the fiction and background for that. Oh, okay. And I got to start ages back with an article in Dragon Magazine like 35 years ago, <laughs> so I go back D&D way back to the beginning, so lots of, lots of stories. I played in... 1980 when i was 10 and i think i managed I, I lasted about two years before i got into other interests and stuff but uh i have not followed the game uh since i guess that's what ad and d that's what second edition maybe back then first edition i uh may have been i think it was when aid when advanced dungeons and dragons came out is is about when i was playing yeah, that, that, that's 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 first edition for advanced. Okay, right. all right. So I have not played since then. It's gone through various different iterations over the years. But but standing in the midst of all of this, when with when Wizards of the Coast bought D and D from TSR, there was this thing called the Open Game License, which basically said you can use you can develop your own stuff, your own modules, your own gameplay. You know, all of these different things you can do. And we're not going to charge you for licensing or permissions or anything like that. It's basically uh, a shared a shared set of elements that anybody could use. And it was supposed to be irrevocable, which means it wasn't going to be able to go on the way. It wasn't supposed to be something that they could cancel and take back at any time. And then we have 1.1 that starts coming out and make, makes the rounds, and people start to see that it eliminates 1.0 which wasn't supposed to happen and there are other things in this and then there's the blowback you have companies like paizo uh coming and saying this is this is bad mojo we're going to make our own license and you know they've got what some 1500 different companies that have signed on to that one this mm -hmm. has been this has been quite a mess for them uh, on not only on the public relations front but also on the business front because hasbro's stock has taken a tumble uh, they've had a number of people that have been canceling their subscription to D&D Beyond. And we've got reports that Chris Cox, who's in charge of all of this, didn't want D&D Beyond to exist in the first place. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a, a report out there that he wanted to kill that in favor of something else that they were starting because they all came over from Microsoft and they want to set up this $30 a month subscription and a bunch of microtransactions and all this stuff like you'd have in video games clearly demonstrating that they don't understand how RPGs, how tabletop RPGs work. 
Yeah. Oh, that... no, actually, I believe Chris Cow didn't actually come over from Microsoft. He came over from Zanga and had Z- been doing Farmville before. Okay. Well, yeah, Zanga Zanga William Zanga came over from Microsoft. But otherwise, same difference. Right. Zanga's okay. on his LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so now, is it Cow or Cox? Because I've seen it both ways now. No, no. There's, there's Cox, or is there two people? Is, yeah, they're two different people. They're okay. both named Chris, too. So. <laughs> okay. All right. One's the one's the CEO, and one's the and, and the other one is. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. Chris, the, the CEO Chris Cox was previously the head of Wizard, so I don't know if he did Microsoft before that. Yeah, he he okay. was with Microsoft. Right. Before so Chris that. Chris yeah. Cow. So okay, so Cox was with Wizard. Chris Cow was with Zynga. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we have a mess on our hands. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the survey that came out, they said there were fifteen thousand different respondents. Eighty-eight percent of them said we don't want one point a to go away. Eighty-nine percent said we're not going to publish anything under one point two, and one point two is dead on arrival. And so you have this uh, this tweet where they've posted. They said we're leaving OGL one point a in place, untouched. We're going to make the SRD available under Creative Commons. And for those who don't know, the SRD, this is the system reference document. Is that, did I have that right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. 430 pages of everything Dungeons and Dragons. Here's, you know, spells and equipment and character types and races and classes, and all, this, all, all the things that make D&D D&D. It's the core. It's, it's the, the core. core rules. Yeah, but it's you, make, not, you make a choice. No the way they're setting it up, you make a choice which one you want to use. You want to use 1.0a or you want to use the SRD under Creative Commons. And my first question, my first thought is, if they put it under Creative Commons, can they take Creative Commons away and, re- and, and reapply a copyright to that? As opposed to the 1.0, is this a workaround for Watsy to sit there and say, "Aha, we got you"? No. The the by their own by their own statement, they they said that's specifically what they cannot do anymore. That so their last uh, their last post on D and D Beyond, um, they go into that um, with their reasoning for the Creative Commons. They say there is no going back. So I suppose you know some lawyer from Hasbro could you know file anything they wanted. Uh, in court, but they would be contradicting their own public statements. Yeah, they said it's. A, I think the term they used is it's a one-way door. You cannot go back. So. Yeah, and most of the stuff that they put out in the SRD um, was stuff that they are really would not be able would have a really hard legal fight on. Like the owl bear, it's like, well, were they the first ones that came with up with it because it was actually based on a Hong Kong toy and it's probably based on old legends and so forth. And it's also kind of obvious. And then there's a few things not you wouldn't really bother to copyright like Feywild and Shadowfell because they're just synonyms for things that are in public domain. And then there were a few things I think were oops factors, like they let out Strahd von Zerovich's name. So I expect that he may show up in a porn film soon. <laughs> well, let me let me ask this because uh, Kevin, you've speculated over on your Facebook account about what pressure maybe Paramount has in this. But if you look at Hasbro's uh, stock prices, 
They're kind of uh, not, I mean, you see this tumble over the last five days here, here on January 26th. It was at 63.78, and it basically tumbles in a day to 58.54, and it's starting to slightly stabilize, but it's stabilizing much lower uh, than it was to begin with in all of this. And I have to wonder how much of that is all of this stuff that's going on with Wizards of the Coast, because okay. it's a subsidiary of Hasbro. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and uh, quote something that George R. R. Martin said to me, sort of like both pushing my books, but also uh, some wisdom from someone in the industry. He said that even a bad television show is the best possible book trailer you could ever get. So... <laughs> The D&D movie, even if it's as bad as the last one, which I don't think it will be, yeah. is still going to cause a huge boost in sales. And so they need to have it come out and they need to have it at least have a good opening day box office of people want, who want to see it, because that will pump everything up. And that will just simply pump up peripheral sales where, you know, somebody takes their 10 year old kid to see the movie and they acted excited because grandma and grandpa took them and sort of like, oh, your birthday is coming up. We got you the full D&D set, even if they don't really want it. But it's going to cause, you know, big sales for birthdays and Christmas is coming up. And that's a huge part of like their investment plan for all of the Hasbro properties. And it's smart to do it with D&D. And so they really needed to have this not be overshadowed by the controversy that they did by kicking the hornet's nest. Well, now, Judah, let me ask you about that, because sometimes you have these situations, and we've talked about this on, on a couple of occasions, where you have uh, a particular company that does something kind of stupid, and the parent company doesn't really say anything. Parent company sits there and says, nah, I'm just going to leave that alone. We're not going to touch it. How much, how much pressure might Hasbro have put on Wizards of the Coast to, to backtrack on this? I mean, you, you know, you've got all of these subscriptions being canceled for D&D Beyond. You have this public outrage, not just from players, but also dungeon masters and game designers and publishers. I mean, everybody who's involved in D&D looked at this and said, thank you, no, y'all are y'all are going to hurt the entire RPG idea of things. Would, would it be in Hasbro's interest to sit there and say, hey, you guys need to do something about this, or is, hands, is Hasbro better off just being hands-off? No, I, I mean, listen, I, I think that it, it's it's a tricky question because they could be if, if things are going well they could be hands off and if things are not going up oh, we lost your sound we lost your sound Judah and he just froze <laughs> I think we just lost his signal froze uh, Evan you hear me all right uh yeah but your picture's frozen. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, but but as my if my audio stream is coming in fine, I can yeah. keep on talking. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, you know, you're, you're having an issue. Let's you know to take a different company. Look look at Fiat Chrysler. You know, Fiat Chrysler has 15 different brands under their name, and the only ones that do well are Jeep, 
Um, and uh, you know, the, the Jeep brand does very well and maybe the Chrysler minivans uh, and the Ram trucks, everything else, everything else fails. Everything, if you look at the 100, Jeep is making 150% of what Fiat needs to survive. They're just relying on those things and they're not making any change in their other lines for some reason. Yeah. It's co companies do that all the time. They just take what's doing well and milk it for what it's worth until they have to sell it or, or, or until it crashes. That's what I think they're doing. Do, do I think the dearth of ideas, I think it's, 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 it's relying on, you know, they're saying it's a bad economy. Nobody's buying stuff anyway. So let's take the one thing that's doing well and let's lean on it. Well, and and you know, in the in the course of the discussion about the fact that D and D is not monetized enough, a lot of people said that that's the case as well for Magic the Gathering, which is also Wizards of the Coast. And I I have to wonder about the the movie aspect of this coming into play because Hasbro is also in the process of selling Entertainment One, which is their film and television production arm, right. which is responsible for the movie. Right. But you also have, you know, that uh, that that idea that if if the movie doesn't do well, then the company might not um, E1 might not sell for as much of an asking price. You know, it devalues the production house. But also the fact that you've got, you know, so much unified blowback on this stuff. And the first apology, quote unquote, was really tone deaf i thought uh the one that was just from the dnd beyond staff from the 13th and then you get this second one uh not quite a week later from kyle brink and my first thought was okay kyle's kyle's the sacrificial lamb here he's the one that's going to fall on his sword they're going to blame him for everything and he's the one that's going to get fired and and then we clean everything up that doesn't seem to be the case yet but when you have such a negative outcry from customers and you come out and say, yeah, we we kind of messed up, but. You won and so did we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I just, that just seemed like it just seemed like the wrong tack. Uh, yeah. to, that was a take. bad villain speech. Well, yeah. it was also it was a bad villain speech, but it was they were doing it for two. They were they weren't doing it to appease you guys. They yeah. or us. They were being it for shareholders to let shareholders know that they're on it and they took advantage of it. Yeah. They they want people to think there's still confidence in the company. That's the, that, that's the idea. So it's a it's, it's a game, Jason. Oh, I, oh, I, 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 I totally get that. I understand that. But the, the, the way this thing is playing out, though, I mean, call me a cynic. If Mrs. Boss were here, she'd be coughing right now. <laughs> I am a cynic, but I look at this and I see this, this graphic here that says we're going to do this with Creative Commons. One being left in place. But I can't help but wonder if there's another shoe that's going to drop at some point that that ruins this, because the one of the biggest complaints about 1.2 was the morality clause. Those, you know, that that part in there that basically said, you know, we 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 reserve the right to monitor everything that you do on social media, and if you're guilty of wrong thing in our eyes, we can take everything away from you. And a lot of people didn't like that, but. If they're making the SRD available under Creative Commons, it's something I don't know, and I don't understand copyright as much as I probably should. But doing that to me 
my gut says there's a gotcha in here somewhere. Well, am, am I just I reading it wrong? Am I am I being too too pessimistic? I I think the Creative Commons. I think maybe they're just they're trying to recoup their losses and. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to push it onto the new edition, to one D and D six edition, um, and just you know maybe you're, you're like right. A wounded animal chewing off it, you know, caught in a trap, it chews off its leg and goes on <laughs> <laughs> to survive. I think that's kind of what they wound up having to do. Yeah, um, and I don't think they've. I'm sorry, I don't think they've given up anything in terms of the future for one D and D sixth edition. They and they haven't said there won't be a new OGL of some sort either. They just kind of, uh, you know, encapsulated the past and said, "Okay, it, it's yours. Don't worry about it." And I think they need that to bridge because the the new edition is not ready. It's it's going to be over a year before they're ready to go live with that. And I think they're they're desperate to stop the bleeding and they want to keep people in in their arena. And and by opening up fifth edition. Um, you know, they're hoping to get some of those people back that were angry and left and maybe have some third party uh, publishers who were already in the middle of doing something and, and talked about, you know, shifting somewhere else stay. Um, so, I, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's about spanning this gap. And but they haven't promised anything about about the future. Kevin, let me ask you, because you've posted uh, your answers to the survey uh, mm-hmm. Over on on Facebook, and and it strikes me. My impression is that this survey was open ended. Did they not have any check the box yes or no questions? It was all, you know, essay uh, uh, answers. They, they had they, it was they had essay questions at the end, but it, but what they were mostly going on is like, how much do you like this on a scale of one to five? You know, your standard, you know, survey format that we're that we're getting with everybody right now. And so some of it, I, you like it, some of it, you don't. And some of it, I was just saying, it's like, you know, what do you, how well do you understand the legality here? It's sort of like I put, I went the number three, sort of, and then put in the essay answer. It's like, this is what I would hand over to my agent and friends who are lawyers, because it's confusing enough that I can tell that there's double speak here. So I'm having professionals look at this. How How much do you think, and and this is pure speculation, I know. <clears throat> but given that they had 15,000 respondents on this survey, <clears throat> how many of them would you guess took the time, given given how intense the response has been all this time and how, how active the conversations have been and all of these different videos that have been made of all these different channels, how, how many people do you think may have taken the time to fill in those those text fields and really tell people what they think, as opposed to just expletive, expletive, expletive. You know, you know, go jump in a lake. We're in the time of so- social media. I'm pre- have a feeling that it was probably about the same respondent things. Probably eighty nine, ninety percent. Um, so there's pr- there were probably lots of serious responses in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I you know, I, there's a lot of YouTubers that I follow in that in the RPG um, tabletop community, and a lot of them were filling out the survey on a live stream. Oh, okay, they were going through and doing it, and you know, and they were expressing, yeah, when you do this, you want to make sure that you don't blame 
the creatives. It's not the creatives' fault. In fact, most of us agree that the creatives probably got blindsided by management. It was, it was, you know. Well, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, there was one video, uh, and I can't remember the name of the guy, the the name of the channel. But he said, you know, he was he was running through a bunch of different quotes that he he says were from people that he verified as being staff, employees, <laughs> insiders at at the company. And yeah, it was D&D Shorts. D&D, D&D Shorts, Shorts, yeah. And yeah. he was basically saying that staff internally got told about half an hour before all of this was, was going to happen. And then you've got companies like Paizo and other publishers that were given this deadline of the 13th when mm-hmm. this thing was supposed to go live. And they're all sitting there saying, this was presented to us as a contract. We had a deadline whether or not to sign it on the 13th. And Watsi is backing up saying, no, 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 no. It was a draft. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, the binding contract or anything that, you know, and, and they start walking this back. So now you've got this this new decision, this new announcement. Judah, let's let's game this out. This is your this is your client. They're in the middle of a crisis. They're trying to figure figure out how they get out of this. <clears throat> you've got almost 90 percent negative response to what your original plan was supposed to be. And then you come out and you do this, you you make this announcement, you do this graphic. Is this enough? Would would this be is this going in the right direction that you would you would counsel your client to do this kind of thing? And how do you how do you continue to make nice with your customers? Well, it's it's I mean it's it's an it's an opening step. If that's all you're gonna do, then then in two weeks they'll figure it out. That that was just a uh, it, it was just you know, me, um, meaningless just to tie them over for a couple of days. Um, I would tell them, first of all, that they would have to communicate better and more on a regular basis, but actually do the steps that they're going to, that, 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 that they're saying, and then follow up with another step and an additional step. If they think that's going in the right direction, you have to answer to, you have to respond to your stakeholders, the ones who are, who are loving you and, and appreciating you. And if you ignore them, they'll, like you've seen in many other, many other times we've spoken, that you know when when you when you ignore the fan base of the ones that are succeeding for you, they'll fail for you. No. So Kevin, My purpose. Kevin Paizo came out. They said we're going to do our own. We're going to do our own thing. And even mm-hmm. after this decision, they're continuing to move forward with Orc. Have you yeah. had Have you had any conversations with any of the gaming companies that you write for uh, on this and and kind of get an idea of of where they're all sitting at the moment? Okay, well, I, I'm honestly one of the head editors at Sigil, which is now part of Pinnacle Entertainment Group, which is Peg, which is Shane Hensley and Deadlands and everything, and Savage Worlds. So, yeah, we've basically been talking about this, and I can't tell all of the kibitzing, but we signed on with the Orc license, or, you know, Shane did for all of Peg, so I'm I'm in as part of the Orc band. But, you know, this stuff is going on. I mean, honestly, the Elf license was just uh, released today, which is uh, top secret, which is uh, Jason Elliott, who, who I've known long back. And he basically just took the top secret mechanics and put it out as a freebie. So there's going to be lots of free uh, gaming systems that are coming out of this. And, you know, one drop today. So what's this? This is a this is an this is an ignorance question. Because I'm looking at this, trying to figure out what the what the upside is on a business standpoint. You make all of these game systems free and available for anybody to use. How do you profit from that? What's the what's Mark, the marketing marketing products? 
marketing marketing it's it's marketing products maybe the movie to, you know it's it's uh it's merchandise at some point that makes a lot of money making a game maybe making a uh a, a a game out of it um you know a board game or a card game or something you, you use you use the licensing to do other things yeah yeah you and keep the you keep the product they like and you use the licensing for everything else also what you're doing is you're creating a lingua franca if everybody knows these rules and can use them people will just go i'm creating my own game I, but I don't want to make the rules. I will grab this free license, and then everyone will understand how to play it, and they'll know about my wonderful world. And and, and all the intellectual property is still pretty much contained. I mean, you right. know, like with 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 wizards, they you know, Forgotten Realms and Drist, and and a lot of the characters that are from that world, like Greyhawk, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That stuff is still IP. That's still their their i i what mm-hmm. they their their rights are retained it's not you know it's the core rules it's the mechanics the stuff that's questionably copyrighted and there's a couple of things that may have slipped into the srd 5.1 that they didn't intend by creative commons but yeah well honestly they 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 slipped accidentally slipped in or on purpose slipped in the both the mind flares and the beholder Mm -hmm. not the stat block but the names but since the beholder is basically gogs off from you know Lovecraft with the serial numbers right. bad, you know, r- sanded off, and you know, the mind flares. It's Cthulhu. It's man-sized Cthulhu without bat wings, and he eats your brain, which is just about like the fungi from Yugoth, which is another Lovecraft thing. Yeah, so, right. what they let slip is is probably minor, if if anything, other than maybe Strahd. Yeah, his so, whole name isn't there. <laughs> it, it, am I am I wrong then in assuming that the Creative Commons thing is a is a a, a trap laying in wait for for gamers? I as far as as far as copyright goes, they could snap that back into an actual copyright. I don't think they can. I think it. No, like, it, 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 yeah, Jason, it's about using the copyright for other things. It's not for that. They will leave that, you know, and 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 market that as and mark the hell out of the way they can, and people will use it, and then they'll get people who appreciate that product to start using everything else or to buy other other things with those with those names on it and those and those images and icons. So, how well do you think the D and D movie is going to do in the wake of all of this? Well, I mean, listen. Just look at any movie that's coming out. What movie's really done <laughs> done well? You know, it's it's hard it's hard to know based on a creative side and based on the actual um, box office um, side. Who goes? To, you know, people don't go anymore. I, um, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's it's hard to know. Yeah. You know, I you know, and I was kind of looking forward to it. Maybe finally, the what fourth time's a charm. We'll get a good D and D movie. Um kind of still wounded about this and I probably won't go see it the first two weeks in theaters just to, you know, be part you know, of it. Jason, I remember g- going back a while, there was um, the movie Avatar, um, not, not the blue, not the blue guys, the, uh, based on, on the, on the, last the, uh, airbender. On the Japanese, airbender, Jap- yeah. Jap- right. Yep. That came out. My kids were excited because they watched it. it. Was They were following it. They have all, they had all the products. I got to tell you, it, it, I couldn't wait to get out of the theater fast enough in that movie. And I think everyone else who saw it felt the same way. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know until you do it. I think it could be it could be a colossal mistake. Yeah. It could be a huge success. I, I venture it probably won't be. They're probably going to use a lot of images and, and, and wild graphics and make it exciting. But it's going to be a boring storyline, a horrible film. I'm positive of it. I see. Yeah. I see. The... I, I, I will say I, I actually saw the uh, previews that they were having at Comic-Con. San Diego last year, and 
it honestly looks pretty good in getting the tone of an actual D and D game with a lot of okay. good humor in it. Yeah. Um, it's not like the previous D and D movie where there's the guy wandering around with blue lipstick for no apparent reason, <laughs> while you know <clears throat> Jeremy Irons is there, you know, right. chewing the scenery, and the other actors are looking like, "Oh my God, he got an Oscar." There's no hope for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I look at these previews. I look at the trailers now. There's been some some complaints on the on the new trailer because <laughs> the girl is the is the special skilled one and stuff, and there's the usual complaints there. Yeah. But I look at this and I'm thinking, this really feels like. This mix of characters comes from the cartoon. It, it, the cartoon with the serial numbers filed off. It, it, it's a little bit different, but in in terms of the of what I'm seeing visually, it really feels. You know, they've swapped the ranger with the bard. You know, for Chris Pine's character, but otherwise, it feels like we they just lifted the the cartoon characters and dropped them into this new scenario. It, Maybe it does well. Maybe maybe people will pick up on that and go, "Hey, this kind of looks a little bit like the that what what was that vault uh, Peugeot commercial that mm-hmm. that was the the D and D thing and and got them back to the to their their realm." Yeah, well, you have to have to understand is that trope wise, the old D and D cartoon was based what's called in the business the five man band. And you've got the characters who do, you know, this thing or that thing or the other thing. And so if you're going to do a five-man band for the movie, it's going to look a little bit like the cartoon because it's the five-man band. Yeah. So is there going to be any other RPG companies venturing into multimedia at this point have have we because i haven't heard anything on the on that front you know like a pathfinder movie or or something from pinnacle for tv or something is anything in the works um i i can say that i have heard things but there's lots of ndas and friend DAs that i can't violate (laughs) so yes there are plans in the work can't Nobody wants there. anything to be announced until the studio does it, because those are the rules. Yeah. Okay. And I'll and I'll tell you from from you know without knowing what 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 Kevin knows, yes, I would assume that going to the multimedia world is is a way that every executive and and sub executive thinks that they're going to be able to get the company over the hump. I, I think it seems to be let let's let's get something on every form of media possible. Every let's be the king of all media like Howard Stern used to want to be, and 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 you'll win on something. Well, it doesn't seem to be working that well for IDW, though. <laughs> well, you know, not everyone's successful at it. It's yeah. a hard business. So right now it seems like the ball is in the court for the players and the publishers and the DMs. How do you think they're going to respond? Everybody everybody seems to be claiming victory. We won. But... I- I, you know the, the 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 fan base, the relationship is damaged, and that's that's not going to be a quick thing to repair. That's going to take time. I mean, they this hurt hurt a lot of people uh, badly, and we're you know. But hasn't Wizards of the Coast been doing harm to that relationship with customers for a number of years now anyway? I mean, this just seems like it's an escalation of that 
but it's not anything new. I mean, people have been complaining about Watsy since Watsy took over D and D. Well, yes. I, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, it, it, you're you're right. Um, but they didn't dig into their you know the often referred to community the way that they did here. Mm-hmm. They took diehard fans and really angered them. Um, people that were very, very loyal and, and eager customers, and, and they saw that them bleeding off pr- pretty significantly. So, you know, the, the older school players, um, they don't have much use for us, it seems, <laughs> in the first place. So they don't care if they anger us with whatever they do. In fact, they seem to, uh, you know, revel in that to some degree. Um, but but their, their core got, got hit. Mm-hmm bad and 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 i mean i i just there's a lot of people that i follow on the, in the, the streaming side of this thing that are just like uh yeah never again that trust is broken and it's good gesture but i can't trust them anymore and it, yeah, i mean and a lot of us were like that after fourth edition dropped with the the gsl instead of the ogl that they came out with yeah um and they're getting ready to launch, you know, one D and D 50th anniversary stuff. All that is oh, bad timing, you know, all around. Very bad. And so, and it, when it wasn't just the, the customers, they, they're, they're influencers for, for lack of a better term, you know, um, you know, Ted from nerd immersion is a good example. I, I think that guy loves five E. I mean, he's, he's oh. on record as saying this is the best version of D and D ever. He's a true fan as I see it. And and he was upset. I mean, even even before this, the the it really got bad. He was kind of seeing the signs, um, and referring to them as scummy and you know some other <laughs> choice words. And and he's he doesn't strike me as a as a particularly hostile guy. And and um, you know so he he's he's kind of the canary in the coal mine in, in a lot of ways. But there's others too. Well, and I have to wonder also about the people who haven't played in a long time. I mean, people like me. I haven't played in. <sighs> 30, 35, 40 years. And I'm looking at this and I see all of this kerfuffle. I'm like, well, I, I don't want to get back into all of that. I, I don't have any interest in diving into this mess. I mean, I'm covering it because that's what we do here. But if I were to sit there and, and say, okay, well, I'm going to get back into D&D and I, and I look at all of this that's going on, I'm walking away from it. I mean, who who wants that who headache? Wants that? Yeah. Well, well I, I mean, some people are saying it may lead to a new renaissance, um, you know, in the tabletop industry. That would be an interesting outcome of it. Um, well, I mean, just from just from what Kevin's been saying, from what I've seen from from other publishers saying we're we're moving forward with our own thing. I think this does open up uh, a democratization, I guess you could say, because if all of these publishers are 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 relying on this one OGL for all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's a single point of failure where if anything goes wrong with it, like we're seeing now where they decided they were going to pull it and everybody everybody flipped out and said, wait a minute, you can't do that. Now we're going to get multiple different systems, multiple different rule sets, different licenses that does open up the possibilities like like Judah said about, you know, competition in the marketplace. We're gonna we're going to uh, you know live or die on the merits of the products that we put out and it's not necessarily dependent on one particular license or gaming system. I think that does benefit 
the RPG community as a whole wouldn't 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 you say, Kevin? Um, it's a yes and no. I mean, honestly, things go through cycles. We're seeing a lot of what we saw basically during second edition and during fourth edition, where the edition got things very screwed up. A whole lot of fans left. A whole lot of fans went and did other things, and it. You know, it changed things around. I'm running a 5e game right now. I was doing it all through the pandemic with friends via Zoom. And, you know, it helped keep my sanity. But, yeah, there's the whole, you know, breach of trust. I mean, we assumed that um, we assumed that Wizards was going to be doing things for money, but not that they were going to be evil and stupid at the same time. <laughs> right. Judah, how do you how do you get a client to come back from evil and stupid? I mean, you say um, this is a this is a good first step. What would you what would you suggest would be the next step? What's the what what's the process here for them? I I, I would tell you know it's it's very simple. It's not rocket science. I would say to the MF evil and stupid, listening listening to what your client base wants, listening to what your 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 consumer base wants, and really understanding, hearing them. Not not always focusing on the bottom line for the entire company, but just listening. You know, to, I, I let, let's compartmentalize piece by piece. Take it out and say what works for these people, what works for our consumers, what works for our fans, and let's listen to them and let's try to work, give them 70% of what they want, 30% of what works for the company. You know, maybe, maybe they'll find a happy medium there, but they have to be committed to it. And, and a lot of these companies, it's short-term commitment. It's if their revenues go up for a week, they're happy, then they can worry about something else. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a problem is they don't have a long-term commitment. And one of the big problems you have when a big conglomerate buys up little pieces like all this they don't have time to focus on what made those little pieces as successful as, as they were to, to what people in the first place. Yeah. They just don't. And they're having issues on the, on the other fronts too. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I've seen reports about problems with new packaging styles that they've got. Right. That's a really big thing. Right. And, and piece, you know, people are buying these packages. You can't see what the product is inside and they open it up and stuff's missing or the quality right. is poor and so on and so forth. And that's on their toy division side you right. know yeah they've been and, and, well, and, and Hasbro specifically... is a toy company i mean i've known yeah. all my life hasbro's been a toy company so that's the toy division if if that's not doing well maybe right. it become something else well and and that applies and i've seen i've seen that particular complaint in in, in specifically to uh the star wars figures mm -hmm. uh among other things because you know the new black <laughs> black series packaging is like that and you can't see the figure, and a lot of people are like, "Well, I, uh, I, I don't like this box." So, so that affects not just you know Wizards of the Coast or or you know uh, Magic the Gathering or any of that, but yeah, you're right that the action figure lines. How many different licenses does Hasbro have? I mean, they they got I think Transformers, they've got Star Wars, they've got I think they have hundreds of thousands. I mean, yeah. not, not, I mean, of, of things things that you won't even think about. Not not even these popular items. Their, their license goes way down deep to thousands of games that they and and toys that they've bought over the past thirty years. Plus, <laughs> we've got the news that just broke last week that they're laying off almost fifteen percent of their workforce globally. Yes, you know and. It's a thousand people, but you know that's a that's a thousand people, and fifteen percent is not pocket change in terms of, you know, numbers. That's that's but a that's, pretty. But that's, that's also thing. but that's also a result of the economy. Just take a look. A lot of companies are saying that technology companies are. I mean, it's it's oh, just yeah. seems to be the way we're going in general. Not just not just because of of, of Dungeons and Dragons or any particular product, um, or, or license or or, or license. Uh, it's it's 
I mean, there's 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 a fallout across the across the retail market and consumer market because of the economy, but that's why they should take what works and bolster them. But I'm yeah. I'm looking well, at this, and if I'm Hasbro, and Hasbro is already looking to sell their film and television production company, Entertainment One, and the economy is going bad, and we've already laid off almost fifteen percent, I've got this I've got this PR boondoggle here called Wizards of the Coast, which is which is angering. 90% of its customer base, what's to stop me from just selling that company off and get rid of the headache? It really depends on their profit. That's what's, what's right. stopping them. Right. It, the, the headache, it is worth the headache because it's 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 the thing that was been bringing in the money during the pandemic. Right. I mean, all of these sales have gone down on things like Clue and Yahtzee because, you know, everybody's locked in the pandemic. You could dig through the garage, you find them, or you get grandma's because grandma died. <laughs> you're not going to buy a new copy of Clue when you've got the family board game. Right. But you're going to buy new magic cards because there's new expansions coming out all the time. Right. You're going to buy new D&D books because you have nothing better to do. That actually made everything grow. Whereas, you know, a board game is a board game. Putting new graphics on the cover of Clue is still Clue. Right, right, and 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 don't forget, even during the pandemic, people who didn't have Grandma's edition also went out and bought it in two thousand, just so they could sit at home and play it. Now they're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You know, they already have it. Now they got to come up with new stuff, and Dungeon Dragons worked for them, and they're not going to release that so easily. Tis a mess. <clears throat> Very much so. Tis a mess. The problem with the corporate world, Jason. That's when 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 you buy up everything, and you, you stand in for nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and the quality, the quality of their books has been, I mean, you know, my my first player handbook that I bought right after fifth edition came out fell apart in two weeks. Ouch. Brand new, you know, and it's not gotten better. <laughs> so, well, don't, don't worry, the digital books won't fall apart. Yeah, they'll just change on you mysteriously See, in the middle of the night. Right? That's the other thing on this is the vis- the virtual tabletop. They've said it's going away. We're not even going to try it. We're not even going to do it. But you have to think that at some point they're going to try they're going to try to circle back to that and 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 make an attempt of some sort oh, to do oh, think, virtual tabletop. I think they're no, they're going to do their virtual tabletop. They're I, that they've put too much. They put 150 million dollars into it. I think already, maybe more. Um, it, what they're not going to do is try and stop everybody else from doing it, which is what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Was trying well, to well in, in regards to fifth edition. In regards to fifth edition, right, now. right, 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 and I think that also what they're probably not going to do is try to force everybody into the virtual tabletop for the for the next edition and say no, 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 we're putting getting rid of all of the hardback books. No one can play tabletop anymore because everyone's just going to keep playing with the old stuff because there's a whole lot of people who a D and D game, you know, short of the Zoom during the pandemic. It's an excuse to have a game with, with your friends, have a right. dinner party. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, Kevin, I, I, I agree with you. That's the way I look at it. But I'm not sure that, based on what Hasbro has said, that, that that's their path. I, they've failed at this before. And, I, you know, they've said, they've said they're going for that. For that they're going in all in on digital. Yeah. Well, the, and, they, they failed at it before because if you look at fourth edition, fourth edition was basically – playing Gauntlet the video game as a tabletop, and that's really how it ran. And a few people loved it, and 
most people went, no, that's not for us, and ran over to Pathfinder. Or stopped playing entirely. Yeah. A lot of people did. My wife and I did. Well, and and that that raises an interesting question here that I that I've had kind of percolating in the back of my head because you have a lot of people out there that are just regular regular gamers. They're just regular players. They sit around. They 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 gather together in the in the living room, and they've got the game all all played out there on the table. And I, what's stopping them from just making stuff up using an OGL or using a, you know a different system or whatnot? I mean, it's not like they're being policed. Uh, you know, they're not publishing anything. We're just going to create a new game. So, yeah, the the interest as far as sales go, yeah, I can buy a new module, but I can also make up my own. And nobody's going to be the wiser because it's, it's sitting here in my living room. I'm not publishing it for, for public consumption. Yeah, but Jason, think about the amount of people that are buying their own first amount of people that just want to buy something that's already off the shelf and done. Even even hard, hardcore gamers, not, not a lot of them are good at programming or know how to program that well. And it, it's, it, I, I think you're looking at a very small, a small portion of that community. Yeah. That's my gut. Yeah. Judah, have, have you played D&D? As a kid, I haven't played in a long time. I actually haven't had time to play anything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I will say that on the the gamer end is also the author end. It's like George R. R. Martin, Ray Feist, and like there's whole generations of authors who started up as, you know, DMs running games. I mean, Wild Cards came up out of George's Super World game, which was, you know, one of the Chaosium games done by Steve Parent. And so... It you come up with all of these things, and for people on the creative end, I mean, it's really not surprising that half of Hollywood are D and D players right now, because it really works very well for actors as well as writers. And so we're we're going to be seeing a lot of that, and so people, you know, coming up with things in their own living room, that's the big attraction for D and D for me, you know, since I was a kid. And that is not going away. Yeah, those source, those source books are great for for coming up with ideas for your own campaigns. You know, um, oh, that's a good idea. I should, or I can take this thing here and take this thing from over there and put them together and make your own, you know, unique module or campaign for your friends, for mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That's the whole thing. So, I wonder how many people uh, got started playing D anD. d during the pandemic and are only playing over zoom and, and have literally never sat around a table with anyone else. And, and I'm sure there are a Watsi, lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Watsi might be saying, Hey, this is a half step from, from that to, you know, the, the VTT. Could you be. know, I, I, I'd be surprised <laughs> if their marketing was that far off that, that they didn't have some sense of, of their customer base, but mm. who knows they they've made big errors before. And, and it's different. It is a total different. I mean, you know, I, I would much rather have four, five, six of my best friends coming over and hanging out, and you know, ordering some pizza and whatnot, and let's roll some dice. You know, that's yeah. that to me is D and D. That to me is that's that's the game I play. That's yeah, yeah. that's what we do. You right. know, get some Mountain Dew. You know, <laughs> and now it's just you know, I'm old, I'm older now. It's like, yeah, grab me a beer. <laughs> right. So let's go round the round the horn and and everybody give me what you would like to see happen next. What what should happen next in this path here, in terms of 
things getting better, not not just for the gamers and the publishers, but also for Wizards of the Coast, because they've got a vested interest in this being successful. <laughs> so what what do we see happening next? What What's the next shoe that's going to drop? Uh, Kevin? Okay, honestly, I think what Wizards of the Coast game plan is, um, is that they're wanting to get back uh, or to get into the theme park business. Because if D&D is a big success, um, well, honestly, Harry Potter is getting less popular right now. But it would be really, really easy to turn the hog, you know, the Hogmead Tavern into the D&D Tavern and serve actual beer instead of butter beer and, you know, win-win, license that to Universal Studios, people <laughs> be showing up. And I think that is a huge merchandising angle that most of the fans would be more than happy to, you know, pay the money for. Judah? It's a, that, that's a big risk too, though. But yes, I, I, I think that, that getting into that world, just another, another aspect of getting into the, into the broader media market, trying to find another way of, of entertaining people with, 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 with product. But, you know, I'm, I'm very selfish. I would like to see them fail more and hire me. <laughs> uh, Death Angel Shadow, what do you, what do you think? I, 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 you know, I think they've taken a good first step by, by putting a, a, a real person's name on things. Um, maybe they've stopped the bleeding, um, but we're all kind of wounded. Um, they need to they need to be more forthcoming with us, with the community, and they definitely need to interact. and And I know as soon as they as soon as they uh, dropped that announcement on D and D Beyond, a lot of the influencers got emails within five minutes saying that they would be re you know Kyle Brink was going to reach out that they were going to reach out to them and set up a you know a meeting with as many of them as possible. So I didn't get that email. Huh? I didn't, you didn't get, get one. Email. You didn't I, get one. I'm, oh, not, a, well, I'm I, not an I'm influencer. Sure. I don't have any influence. I, I, I know Bob, the builder got one. I I'm guessing Ted probably from nerd immersion got one. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, indestructible boy got one and they're like, wow, we've been really critical of them. So, yeah. you know, maybe they are trying to extend that olive branch. Um, but you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just, give in and we can't trust them again and 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 it's going to take years to rebuild that trust and i i don't know don't force me don't force us to go into your virtual tabletop i don't want to use it i, yeah. I, I you know i'll try one D if it's when it comes out in print i'll buy the may buy the books now try it out but i'm not going to be in, enclosed and forced into your system um, not anymore okay what do you expect to happen well, I, I expect that, that uh, Hasbro is going to stay the course in terms of their monetization strategy, um, and and that's a big open question. But in terms of what I think they should do is stop talking about that. It's it's too far in the future to sell people on it, and they have they have taken a loyal audience and and forced their eyes away from their products to someone else. And so I would refocus on on trying to get back to the game. Stop talking about this OGL stuff completely. Talk about um, their new playtest stuff. People want that, I think, mm -hmm. um, and, and hope that people's anger subsides. I, I think that's the best they can hope for. They this was a massive unforced error that had really no reason to happen. And 
And they've already got a tough road ahead of them to to make this transition to digital first, which again, they, they've openly said that's their that's their goal. And and they just gave people a reason not to do it. They could have soft sold people into this for, for a year and a half and brought them in and gave them all the, the bells and whistles they wanted to, to, to bring them on board. And they blew it in a way that I, I don't know that they could have done it worse. Mm-hmm. So their only hope is to somehow try and rebuild that or and i don't think they're going to do this change their mind i mean i i doubt that hasbro who has made mega promises to their their investors are going to say well we're dropping that entire plan our entire management structure focused on digital we're just going to throw that aside that's not going to happen yeah all right, well, we will leave it at that, and I'm sure we will circle back around to this as well. You can find uh, the beginning of our coverage from Correspondent K over at SciFiForMe.com. He's also got a first look at, uh, what was it, uh, Castles? Castles and Crusades. Castles and yeah. Crusades from, I think, Troll Lord Games, so uh, you can go check that out. Judah, where can people find you? www.heraldpr.com, and my name, just Google it, and you'll find me. All right, and Kevin, uh, I'm I'm looking at your website. Your website looks like it's uh, not. Uh, it, it is badly in need of an update for years. It was like from before the pandemic. So I will say, just go ahead. You easily, most easily find me on Facebook. Um, that's where most of my stuff is, and it's out out in public. All right, and uh, uh, Wild Cards World, which is where all the Wild Cards authors are. We've got a whole bunch of books coming out, and we've actually got a TV show in the works at Peacock too. Cool. Well, we'll probably have to have you back to talk about that as well yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Kay, Death Angels, I don't know that you guys have websites yet. Uh, your your contributors here and helping me out. Uh, Death Angels is our is our Discord uh, manager. So go check out our Discord. And of course, we will have more articles from uh, from correspondent Kay on this and other things. In the meantime, uh, I do want to invite all of you to check out our social media. Uh, connect with us on all the different places. Sign up for our newsletter and our Discord. We're, we're continuing our conversations over there. And uh, coming up this week, uh, tomorrow night, the H2O podcast, we are going to have a special edition. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some we're gonna do something fun tomorrow night. So uh, tune in for that. We've got the replay of Vault of the Killer Bees on Wednesday, mm. and of course weekdays. Here, Monday through Open Line Friday, live from the bunker. Tune in for all of that. So I want to thank all of you for being here and uh, and checking out this. And, of course, we do want you to leave your comments and thoughts live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom uh, You can leave a comment on any of the video player platforms. Tell us what you think. What do you, uh, what do you expect to happen next? And uh, we will continue to, uh, to monitor this and, uh, and discuss it as things develop. And that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Remember, there are four, four lights. lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 